Hey, Chip Mahoney here, host of Show Kill, where I pair a crypto and a crime together at the same time in a unique fusion of finance and mystery, as I like to say. Today's a little bit different. It's a fast kill episode where I focus 100% on a true crime. And the case today I have for you is a cold case out of Australia, five decades cold, the brutal murder of two women inside a home, a total mystery. And what else is there left to say about the Easy Street murders? Well, I'm going to tell you about it, and I'm also going to talk about a case in the United States that was solved after 30 years. Very similar in my opinion, so maybe there's something that can be learned when looking at this one, comparing it to Easy Street. And why would you want to do that? Well, the mystery, of course, hopefully this can be solved, but there is a $1 million reward on this for anyone who can solve it. So that's incentive for listening. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into it. The Easy Street Murders, January 1977, Victoria, Australia. And if you don't live in Australia, never been there, Victoria is a state within the land of Australia. And within Victoria, there's Melbourne. Within Melbourne, there is the neighborhood of Collingwood where these murders took place. Two women at the time who were friends from high school that decided to move in together in the house on Easy Street at 147 Easy Street and live that next chapter of their lives together, which was never fully realized because of this brutal double murder. They were lovingly referred to as the two Sues, whether by friends, uh, definitely by the news media and the reports that I've read and what I've listened to, the two Sues, because they had shared a similar name. One was Suzanne, uh, last name Bartlett, and the other, Susan Armstrong. So Suzanne Bartlett and Susan Armstrong. And Susan Armstrong had a young child at the time, an infant that was unharmed in this mystery because the dog was walking around the neighborhood, the kid was crying in the crib, and two to three days later, the neighbors investigated. So a lot of time had passed in this mystery that I think rivals some of the greatest mysteries I've seen in true crime. And there in Australia... It rivals Mr. Cruel because there's a million dollar reward on that case. And there's a million dollars here on this case as well, which is why I want to talk about it because of the mystery, but also to compare it to something that's been solved here in the United States after 30 years, very similar in my opinion, maybe not a hundred percent, but something to work with or at least consider because in the case that I'm going to talk about, there were some things that they totally missed in the investigation that were right in front of their face and it took 30 years. So maybe something can happen here, but Suzanne Bartlett, Susan Armstrong, 147 Easy Street, a smaller property. Um, they're moving on with that next chapter of their lives together that was never fully realized. A lot going on that night and in their lives, but somehow, some way, a person, and I believe it to be one person, got into the home, didn't break in, but was inside the home and committed this brutal double murder. Now, I do believe that Susan Armstrong was attacked first, and she was attacked. And then after uh, what happened to her when she was passed away, 
she was also sexualized after the fact. And then in the hallway, Suzanne Bartlett was trying to escape the property through the front door when she was attacked right near the front door and adjacent Susan Armstrong's bedroom. So when I listen and I look at a lot of the reports here, I see that Suzanne Bartlett was stabbed like twice as many times as Susan Armstrong was. So it looks like, and from the reports that I've listened to and read as well from investigators, that Susan Armstrong was attacked first. So I believe that she was attacked first and she was killed first. And then Suzanne Bartlett uh, heard what was going on, saw what was going on and tried to escape, tried to flee the scene when she was attacked. But I think that Susan Armstrong was already incapacitated. So then the killer goes to Suzanne Bartlett, attacks her in the hallway and knifes her twice as many times as Susan Armstrong. I think about 55 times or so, not including all the slashes to her arms and hands like defensive wounds. So that says something to me as well. She was not sexualized after her death, but the killer went back into, I believe, the adjacent room where Suzanne Armstrong was already deceased and sexualized her, leaving uh, traces of semen. And then, of course, about three days had passed in the hot summer there in Victoria. And at that time, it really sounds like there was a slow response. And, and really, only the child crying in the crib alerted neighbors to say, you know, this is unusual. We need to go inside the property. We need to convince police to go inside the property. Um, it didn't happen quickly. So, again, 1977, a different world, even in Australia, everything was different from what we have today. So before I get into the comparison on the case here in the United States, I do want to say that I believe that investigators believe as well as they've said that uh, the killer knew these two people, these two women. I believe it was one person that the killer knew, and I believe that one person was the primary target, which I do see in a lot of attacks like this, and which I will uh, focus on in this other case here in the United States. And that person, I think the killer had focused on where they uh, focused their anger, uh, whatever resentment or anger that they had towards this person to brutalize them. And that person was Suzanne Bartlett. The person who tried to flee the scene, the person who tried to go through the front door after she saw what was going on. So I believe that Suzanne Bartlett knew her attacker was trying to flee and therefore got about twice as many stab wounds uh, to her body. So that's what I think. It's just my opinion. It's what I think. But in this uh, next case that I have for you, in this comparison case, you're going to see why I bring that up. And maybe there's something here where the police uh, weren't able to see it because in the United States, in this case, in Houston, Texas, it was right in front of them and they still didn't see it, but it took someone who was in prison to give them some details on this case. Otherwise they would have never saw what was staring them down in their face. And I got that for you next.
seven years after Easy Street in Houston, Texas, there was a double murder of two young women inside a small home in a quaint, quiet neighborhood, not unlike Collingwood, where one intruder was in the home and it was a total mystery, but it did get solved after 30 years. So two women in a home brutalized by one intruder. So if you happen to live outside the United States, Texas, of course, is a big land inside of the United States. And within Texas, there's a lot of big lands as well because it's a huge state, but there's Houston, Texas. Inside of Houston, there are several neighborhoods, one of which is the Heights. And I would compare that to something like Collinwood, that it was just uh, more of a low-key area, maybe not the best place to live, but maybe like starter homes. And this, of course, happened in 1984, so seven years after Easy Street. Again, almost 40 years ago uh, from today, a different time, a different place. Things were just different. And in the case of Easy Street, uh, there were the two Sues. Uh, although they weren't related, I really do think of them as sisters because they had known each other in their school days and then decided to live that next chapter of their lives together to kind of move on with their lives. And in this case, there were two actual sisters that lived together. And recently, the younger sister had moved in with the older one who was just over 30 years old. So the younger one was 23 and the older one was uh, in her early 30s. And again, they just moved in together with each other at that time and within a week or so were attacked. And this was uh, in Houston, Texas, in the Heights neighborhood. And the sisters who were attacked here are the Kennedy sisters. One was Lily, the younger one, and the older one who owned the property uh, was Eileen, and that's spelled with a Y, like Y-L-E-E-N, last name Kennedy. 1984, brutal double murder. Again, intruder with uh, no uh, break-in. Uh, there wasn't any evidence of that. Uh, the intruder was just inside the home, and it was savage. Uh, Lily, the younger sister, was shot in the head and she was taken care of rather quickly by the intruder because the intruder was more focused on Eileen. And in Easy Street, I say that's Suzanne Bartlett, who was the primary target. Eileen was a primary target here. Uh, she was brutalized. She was raped while she was alive. And then she was gutted to death. Uh, the intruder, uh, the assailant, the bad guy here, used a knife on her and spent a lot more time with her in that murder scene. There was a missing pillow from the couch. Investigators found that later in the neighborhood and there was an eyewitness, but as time passed, uh, fewer leads were uh, able to be followed up on and, and make something of them. And then it just went cold, like a lot of cold cases uh, happen, especially here in the United States, where there's uh, maybe the crime capital of the world when we get to these big true crime cases. And as I know, only about one to two percent of these cold cases get solved. But uh, again, 1984, and you can't compare it to the technology or communication we have today. So a brutal scene, 
one of the sisters was uh, basically brutalized more than the younger one. The younger one was shot and taken care of rather quickly. And the other uh, sister was spent more time with and was brutalized in uh, the fashion as I described. So 30 years had passed and they had done all the interviews uh, that they had been used to and nothing happened. Not until somebody who was already locked up uh, for whatever reason, gave them information on this case, maybe to help their own case, but they gave them a tip. And that tip led back to a man named Edmund Deegan, who at that time in 1984 was about 27 years old and knew Eileen in a roundabout way through her business. She was in a business where they were in um, more like uh decorative uh, for homes and um, wholesale for clothing. And also she was an artist. And I believe through her wholesale business, uh, whether that was through clothing or it was through um, maybe uh, furniture items and so forth, like things that I can imagine that she was doing, um, that's how that person knew her maybe not directly, but indirectly. And there was some sort of rift there. There was anger, there was resentment, and that brought the killer to the property because it was Eileen's property and he was there for her. Um, maybe didn't even know that the other sister had moved in with Eileen uh, a week prior. Maybe didn't know that. So in the case of Easy Street, Will there be a tip in this case that leads authorities to look at someone they've already interviewed or had some sort of contact or riff against Suzanne Bartlett, who I believe, in my opinion, was the primary target? That could be through work. That could be through business. It could be through school. But what it says to me is that, like in the DNA here uh, that was left at Easy Street, they're not going to find anything, or they're at least not saying that they're using genetic genealogy. So I think you have to go through uh, relationships. Who back then might have had a riff with Suzanne through business or um, not a direct relationship, an indirect relationship, somebody who could have assumed something about Suzanne without Suzanne knowing. Because I do believe Edmund Deegan in the case, Houston, Texas, 1984, had this anger and resentment towards Eileen, but Eileen did not know the same. She was unaware of that resentment against her. So one of her actions led to someone she was maybe just uh, moderately familiar with having great resentment towards her. And that could be something with Suzanne Bartlett, a relationship that she would not have been aware of the other person, whether through business, which I would think uh, possibly could hold great resentment towards her anger, resentment, and some something that was similar to here in the Kennedy case, the Kennedy sisters, because I think of Suzanne Bartlett and Susan Armstrong, the two Sus, as sisters. And in this case, we have uh, real sisters that had lost their lives as well. Didn't get to fulfill that next chapter of their lives. Maybe something can be learned there and applied, and maybe there's a tip that can help. 
So thanks for listening on this fast kill episode. Join me next time where I have more crypto paired with true crime and come back for more uh, show kill. I will have more for you. Thanks for being here.